you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. And this is the NFL Inside Report. Taylor throws underneath, hits Amendola, takes it across, rock and roll, touchdown, Houston. Quarterback Tyrod Taylor, not Deshaun Watson, leads the Texans to a week one win. He's on the roster, he's on our team. Again, what does that mean moving forward? Again, it's a one day at a time, I would say, proposition and endeavor, and that's how we're going to handle it. Watson is reporting for work, in meetings, helping Taylor, but not practicing. He's on the roster, third on the depth chart, but not playing. Everybody from ownership down believes that he will never take another snap for the Houston Texans. James Palmer with insight on the most awkward quarterback situation in football. Plus, the Raiders have won on a touchdown pass of 31 yards. On the verge of snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, the Raiders persevere. Just to see that sideline at home in front of all of these fans, it was one of the most incredible emotional experiences I've had in doing this for almost 30 years. Steve Weich with what the win means for an organization trying to break through. And we'll begin with that Raiders fan base that nearly broke down the new walls of Allegiant Stadium after a dramatic overtime sequence. The Leatherwood false start leads to a car tip ball interception that gives the Ravens an opportunity for a win. But Vegas would not be denied. They got the ball back and then walked off with win number one of the season and Steve Weich got to see it live. Well, Steve, you watched what was almost like all every other fan inside of Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas last night, the most Raiders loss ever. Except they won from the false start, the interception and overtime, and they get the ball back and Zay Jones ends up walking it off with a win. Put that ending for the Raiders in particular into words for us. Right. Seriously. It was like 10 minutes of, okay, you've come down the ski jump, you know, you've landed safely. 
oh wait, there's another 200 <laughs> yards. I've got to go down again. You know, it was because it looked like Brian Edwards, who didn't have a catch until 30 seconds are left in the game. He scores right. They call right. it a touchdown. They review it. He's short. Then they said they get the false start penalty. I'm standing on the Raiders sideline. All these fans are just cussing it. Oh, are my they God. killing Here we go them? Oh, again. my gosh. Killing them. Killing Gruden. Oh, killing Mayock. They were just killing them. They're lucky they weren't in the black hole. They were in, like, right. the gray hole. Right, this right. Is going on. Then all of a sudden, there's the pick. Carr throws a line drive into the end zone. It's deflected and intercepted. So now everybody is sick. Because you're like, okay, now the Ravens are going to come down, march at 50 yards, and Justin Tucker is going to be automatic. And then with Carl Nassib, punch the fumble. Lamar Jackson is fumbled at the 28 of Baltimore. That sideline and that stadium. Oh, my gosh. It was it was absolutely incredible. And, and so you're like, okay, they're going to do this. The line for the field goal. Oh, wait, we're bringing the offense back out? So everyone on the sidelines like, like, what are we doing? Oh, my God. <laughs> Kick the field goal. You run a play. Because as soon as they got the ball back, I was like, kick it. Don't risk a turnover. Don't risk a yeah. penalty. Kick it. They run a play. Send out the field goal team. And then I'm like, oh, they're running the offense back out here. John Gruden's out thinking. Delay. Himself. Yeah, delay. Kicker's not ready to kick. So they back it up. Offense comes back out. And... Boom. What do you know? Boom. Walk off winner. Carr's going to get the shotgun snap. They blitz from the side. It's picked up. He throws an arching pass down the side. It's caught at the five. Touchdown, Zay Jones. Just to see that sideline and the, oh, we actually did it. Yeah. At home in front of all of these fans. It was one of the most incredible emotional experiences I've had in doing this for almost 30 years. That means something. Yeah. Right there. And it means and it means something, Steve, for the Raiders to do it in front of their fan base that they've kind of been a part of, but not really. Like, think about how awkward it had been for the Raiders moving to Las Vegas, yet not getting to play a single game in front of their fans for an entire year. Essentially, like they really moved this year. Like that's that's almost what it felt like, right, Steve? Yeah, I mean, look, right, you got kids, right? So yeah. it's like waiting until they're two to baptize them. Right. So, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting analogy. So, yes. so, so you know, that that's kind of like how it was because the fans were into it. You know, we live in L.A. I flew from L.A. My whole plane was Raiders fans. Um, so, you know, you had the whole L.A. contingent, a lot of folks in the Bay there. And then to come out and play a game like they did, right? The starters didn't play all preseason. So they were really off kilter in the first half, especially on offense. I mean, Derek Carr yeah. was very inaccurate, but the defense kept playing. And I got to tell you, Yannick Ngakwe with Max Crosby, the smoke that they were bringing off the edges and what that did for that interior, you know, I spoke to Gus Bradley a couple of days before that. He's like, Steve, our D line is going to be pretty good. You know, he's a, he's a Crosby and Ngakwe, the effort. And then with Nassib rotating in, the three effort guys, it's insane because so much, especially in a game like this and getting sacks, is the second effort. Yeah. It's not the initial play. It's when, you know, Lamar steps up or something like that and they make a play. And we saw it at the end once they just continued to disrupt this offense. Um, that, to me, is like the biggest takeaway 
yeah. for the Raiders that this defense, especially up front, might actually be something. Let's keep in mind the expectation has always been just just win, baby, right? It, everyone knows that from from Al Davis on on down, and uh, you know when you know when he c- coined that legendary phrase, you know, years and years ago. But um, they haven't, Steve. They no. have not won. They have not won when it mattered, and they still have not won, you know, or made it to the playoffs in John Gruden 2.0 in this era. So, what does this game mean for progress on that front? Remain to be seen. You know, as as we know, week one is fool's gold. Right. Right. Some teams that look really good, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna level down. And some teams that looked crappy and sloppy and you know, turnover prone and penalty prone, they're gonna level up. So by week three or week four, we'll really know. But I think what was promising was Derek Carr was clean. Right? That that Ravens event to front did not get to him. Yeah. You know, the the pass rush. Gus Bradley, I knew he was going to bring something to that defense, you know, more of simplistic communication and just to, you know, get get after the passer. Right. You know, that's going to help. But can they be consistent with it? This win yeah. could plant a seed. You never know. But you just can't put too much into week one. We've got 16 more of these now. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing, I think you can pull things from it that are encouraging. As you mentioned, the defense for one. And then second half game on the line had to have a field goal to send it to overtime. And Derek Carr might've come up with two of the best throws of his career, fitting those into Brian Edwards, that last throw fitting that ball into that tight window. When they, when the, when the, the Ravens knew exactly where, you know, they, they, they knew exactly what the Raiders were trying to do. And somehow Carr found a way, Steve, yeah, and like you know, look, that's not new for Derek Carr. I mean, but usually he's finding a way because the defense has let him down and they're in total desperation mode. Right. This was where they really seem to have a rhythm in their offensively for much of the second half. Um, but Edwards, like I said, they had thrown the ball to him until 30 seconds were left in that game. Yeah. He makes the four yeah. biggest catches to proceed the Zay Jones touchdown. Right. <laughs> so it was just beautiful execution. Derek Carr, you could say what you want about him. Once he settled in, he was on point. And that offense was so good and just so efficient throughout a game against a very good team. Yeah. And then the, the other piece of this is, you know, when, when you're trying to gauge progress for a franchise that's trying to get over the hump, get themselves into the postseason. You know, you look back on on personnel and you look back on on players they've brought in, players they've drafted. And look, the jury as much I love Mike Mayock as much as anybody. Um, he's a great friend. Um, but the jury's still out on really four of his first five first round draft picks. And and maybe the book is closed on Cleveland Furl, who is yeah. inactive in healthy this game. scratch. You know, how about that? Right. He's inactive, number four overall pick a couple of years ago. Josh Jacobs is the, is the, the, you know, he's the winner out of that bunch. Jonathan Abram, you know, still, I I think still trying to figure it out. And then Damon Arnett and Henry Ruggs, but Ruggs comes up with a huge catch at the very end when they needed his speed and he found a way. So like figuring out those players progress is kind of a way to judge the team's progress in a sense as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the leadership has had to be imported for the most part. You talk about, you know, Ngakwe and yeah. some players like that. But look, Max Crosby, that dude's a stud, man. Yeah. He, he's he's a player. Yeah, he was a win um, for sure. 
you look at KJ Wright. Hold up, real quick. Yeah. How the hell are they going to give him Bo Jackson's number? <laughs> I mean, when he made a play, like, right for that thirty-four. I mean, I know the Raiders can't retire everyone's number, but <laughs> KJ but, Wright making a on. great play on yeah. fourth down on thirty-four. Yes. Um, yes. But I mean, bringing a guy like KJ Wright is going to help. He's been there, and look, I think having a coach like Gus Bradley is going to help out Abrams. He's coached a few good safeties in his career. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah, yeah. The scheme, the scheme is going to work. Right. So you know, we'll see. They're they're trying everything they can. They know they have to win. And the thing is, the, look at the division they're in. I mean, right. the Chiefs are still the benchmark, and and so it's going to be tough. But the NFL is better when the Raiders are good, right? Yeah. Everyone in that division won this week, just like the NFC West. Four and zero teams out west getting it done. Um, and uh, you know, look, let's just finish with this because I, I I think it's powerful considering the players that John Gruden has coached. When he says Darren Waller is the is the best player he's ever coached, that's a that's a pretty lofty statement, Steve. You buying it? I think what I think John was caught up in the moment, <laughs> and maybe he's thinking, and maybe he's thinking offensive players, right? Sure, offensive because there's some defensive Hall of Famers over there. Yeah, we got John Lynch, Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, Charles Woods. Right. But I'm kind of like, John, weren't you Brett Favre's position coach? <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Look, Waller's great. Waller's great, right? <laughs> Ted catches, great. 105 yards and a touchdown. But there's some hyperbole in there. But I, I, I think it, it, it just it paints a picture of how vital he is to to this team oh. because without Waller, they 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 don't have they don't have anything through the air at this point. It doesn't work. And, and I agree with what he said after the game because Vic Tafer, the athletic, asked him, hey, uh, you know, Waller was targeted 19 times. And John was like, we threw it 60. <laughs> I'm going to throw it to that guy 20 times. <laughs> Look, I was at a game last year in an empty Legion Stadium when they were playing the Dolphins. And the Dolphins were putting Eric Rowe on Waller, which is what they do, right? Eric Rowe is their tight end stopper. And he was all over Waller. But he couldn't stop him. And I'm like, why don't they throw the ball to him at least 20 times? Because he's that good. He's that effective. He's yeah. that fast. He's that good when he catches it and runs with it. And, you know, for as great as like Kittle and Kelsey are, you know, Waller's more of a wide receiver type. And I yeah. think that's what the Falcons are looking for when they drafted Kyle Pitts fourth overall is more of sure. a Darren Waller type than that Kelsey type. Yeah, that, that's an interesting distinction, but but you make a good point, right? Good shooters got to get their shots, even if they're not going yeah. down. You got to take them. And look, a, a, a good receiver tight end like Waller is, like you got to get him his targets for him uh, for him to make an impact in this game. Uh, you made an impact for us. Steve White, thanks for spending some time with us, pal. You got it, right? Still to come on NFL Inside Report. What if they came to him and they said, we want to start you week, week two or week three, Deshaun? think you would do it we only have a couple of ways we can slice this right we slice into the most unique quarterback situation in the league deshaun watson and the texans under the spotlight next you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you thought the Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, Packers fiasco this offseason was an awkward situation, let me welcome you to Houston, where one of the best quarterbacks in football is third on the depth chart. James Palmer, helping us make sense of it all. JP, what's happening, brother? What's up, Rhett? How we doing? I like the garage. Yeah. Yeah, here we are. Um, living lavishly in the garage here. And like, I feel like that's kind of where the Texans have been stashing Deshaun Watson um, over the course of the <laughs> last few weeks. I mean, this is just so weird. Why y'all always coming here every day? What has it been like for the Texans and for Watson really since training camp ended and we kind of stopped getting these visuals of Deshaun? Yeah, I think that's the best way to start this is, right, lay out the facts of where everything stands. Yeah. And, and, and we'll start there. And, and it really is dates further back than what you said. This sure. dates back to the start of training camp. He hasn't missed a day, to my understanding, since the start of training camp. He's been, Even though you don't see him out on the practice field at times, he came and went uh, throughout camp, he was there every single day. Fast forward to the start of the season, he's essentially, I'll put this in two parts, part of the 53-man roster and part of the Texans, and also not at the same time, if that makes any sense. How he is part of the team is this. I'm told he shows up every single day. He puts his work in, his workouts in. He goes to meetings. Um, Brandon Cooks, their wide receiver who I spoke to last week, said you know, he sees things other quarterbacks don't see. That's why he's one of the best quarterbacks yeah. in the league right now. So him talking with Tyrod Taylor, our starting quarterback, is not a terrible thing during the week in preparation wow. for game day. But then when game day rolls around, he is inactive. He is not there. He did not travel to their preseason games, to my understanding. And he does not practice throughout the week. So he's essentially part of the 53-man roster, Red, and not at the same time. And what I'm told is everybody from ownership down believes that he will never take another snap for the Houston Texans. 
and what they're doing with this day-to-day approach and how they're handling it and the way I laid it out, yeah. they're expected to do that throughout the duration of the season unless something changes with one of the investigations, right. which is either the FBI's, Houston Police Department, or NFL's, or as Ian Rapport reported, he's traded before the deadline. Right. If none of those things change, which with the investigations, it doesn't appear anything is going to change, this is going to be status quo through the rest of the season. So let me ask you, just digging into that here a little bit and, and talking about those investigations into the allegations that we talked about for uh, you know a bunch during the summer months in the spring of the allegations of sexual misconduct, as you mentioned, uh, kind of a trifold of investigations going on. Those do not happen quickly. Um, and they will be thorough, as we've seen. And so we'll continue to follow those. In the meantime, though, he's eligible to play. He is not playing. He is inactive, as you've been saying. So is that decision to make him inactive, do you feel like that's more at Deshaun's request? Or is that more of the team's way of handling this weird situation, which kind of began with the trade request months ago? Yeah, so this part's more my opinion. And yeah. I would say... That is how the team and Deshaun, which their general manager, Nick Casario, has, has been open about this. He talks to him regularly. He's not exiled and, and, you know, there's no communication with him. He's on the roster. He's on our team. Again, what does that mean moving forward? Again, it's a one day at a time, I would say, proposition and endeavor, and that's how we're going to handle it. My assumption would be that this is from both parties. A, because the Texans don't want to put him out on the field to where potentially he could be injured in practice or in a game if they're trying to trade him. Because remember... He is, as Kassar is trying to change this, their biggest trade commodity, their biggest yeah. chip out there to change this rebuild. They know he's not going to play for them. So he needs to get the most possible. The Texans don't want to jeopardize that. At the same time, he does not want to play for them. What if they came to him and they said, we want to start you week, week two or week three, Deshaun? You think he would do it? <sighs> then <laughs> his money one, comes right? into play. It is right. because that, I mean, we only have a couple of ways we can slice this, right? One is the way that they're going about it. Yeah. Two is they trade him. Three is they tell him, hey, you're playing. Yeah. Like, we and want if you he to says play. no, you're, right. Yeah. If, if, he, if he says no, then he is jeopardizing his, his financial status. I yeah. mean, then they can start finding him and start incurring, asking for money back. Hey, we want you to play and you're not playing. And they can go down that road. When I, did the TV report of this with Jim Trotter. Jim had an interesting stance where he talked to some people within the Players Association and the league to where there is a thought maybe if you do that, you would maybe be causing the riff in the locker room that it appears the Texans have been avoiding so far. Yeah. To where he is, and I'll, I'll be honest, he is still very well liked to a number of players I've talked to over the last week. And Justin Reed told you that it's not a distraction, right? Like... The, the, this having him around but not playing is not a distraction. Exactly. He had a weird analogy, um, and I'll give it to you, but I'd say I probably talked to a dozen players at the game on Sunday, and not a one of them said he's been a distraction or it's been a distraction. Um, and if anybody kind of knows Deshaun, he's a bit of an introvert and, mm -hmm. and, and keeps to himself a lot, so it, I can see that being the case. And I can see him not wanting to cause a distraction. But Justin Reed's analogy was, he was like, hey, man, it's kind of like COVID. I was like, I don't put this together. Right. Um, and he goes, last year with COVID, all of this came about, all these new procedures, all these new protocols, and all of the stuff we had to do to get through a season. It eventually just became the new norm. Mm. And this is now just our new norm. You know, the other hypothetical that kind of comes to mind, uh, James, is, you know, let's say, God forbid, something happens 
you know, to their starting quarterback, whether that be Tyrod Taylor, um, you know, and Davis Mills gets promoted to the starting job. Like, would they go get another quarterback to be the backup? Or are you going to see Deshaun Watson sitting there, you know, holding the tablet on the sidelines? Because that's like a roster construction deal, you know? It is. And right now, everybody's going, I mean, he is taking up a spot on the 53-man exactly. roster. I that's mean, they the are essentially playing this season with 52 players, right? <laughs> They're playing this year with one fewer player than everybody else has the liberty of. The reason I think they would not put him out there is there's a reason you don't see him at practice outside, probably, of the injury situation. Yeah. He's the best quarterback in the building. I yes. mean, he's a top five quarterback, and yes. we're just talking talent, in the NFL. That's got to be bizarre when the third string guy's out there just slinging it. And do we understand, like, is he going through, is he, is he leading the scout team? Like, is he taking reps in practice that we know of? He is not. He does not attend practice. Nothing. And, and it is not. And, and they, they're very open about non-injury related, did not attend practice. So he's not even there and he's not there for the games. I think that part of the distraction aspect shows you um, that they probably would go with another player on the roster if something happened to Tyrod Taylor than put him on the sideline throughout the course of a game. Because think about it. I mean, I was there Sunday. It really was kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Like, I don't know what the broadcast had, but I don't think he was discussed a whole lot. Imagine if he's standing on the sideline. Oh, the optics of that would be insane. And then just kind of like ending this this discussion, kind of where this whole thing began for Deshaun with his issues within the organization, mostly had to deal with non-Nick Casario-related items, right? Like this was wanting to be a part of a potential GM search, wanted to be a part of, of the potential head coach search. Not that he necessarily had anything against David Culley as the head coach or against Nick Casario as the GM, right? Exactly. I think some, I mean, outside of, and this is all prior to the 22 right. sexual misconduct and, and Correct. you know, assault allegations that are out there that he denies any wrongdoing to, but this is prior to that. I would advise anybody to go back and listen to his final press conference of the season Yeah, where he was beyond emphatic about how excited he was about building a new foundation to this organization. They hmm. were going to start over how much he wanted to be a part of that how much he wanted to rebuild something. He wanted offensive coordinator Tim Kelly to stay as well as quarterback coach TJ Yates because if you look at what he did in year four of that offensive system, outside of the four wins, he had almost an MVP-type season. He led the NFL in passing. He was remarkable on a very, very bad team. The point I'm taking is, at that point, you could see how bought in he was to the organization. And then you fast forward to, it wasn't the people that were picked, it's how the process went down. And to my understanding, his beef and issue and refusing to ever play for the organization again comes from his issue with ownership and Mm. not his issue with Nick Casario or David Cully. How do you kind of gauge the way that Casario and Cully have, have handled this whole thing that they just kind of stepped into, right? Right. And and it's kind of funny. I was talking to a member of the organization in the tunnel after the game, uh, walking over to go see Urban Meyer's press conference right. and how that was going to go down 40 minutes after the game ended. I think that's a violation. But Yo. Um, our conversation was this. I don't know how many games the Texans are going to win this year. Right. But they might have the right coach and the right quarterback to handle this awkward situation. There aren't too many players I've talked to, Rhett, that have said anything other than 
David Kelly has a tremendous pulse on this locker room and feel for our group and feel for how this situation is being handled. First of all, let me tell you this about the noise. The only noise that matters to this franchise and this team is the noise inside this building and this room. And that's the only noise that's mattered to us. That's the reason, as I said before, when we went out and played this game today and if we did things the right way, we'd have a chance to win the game. And we did that today and we won. That has been a big, big advantage, the players feel like, for how they've been able to go about their business because of the way their head coach has handled it and obviously because of the way Tyrod has handled it. Because it's got to be a weird feeling going out there as the starting quarterback knowing the third-string quarterback is one of the best players (laughs) on the planet at quarterback. And and they have a pretty good relationship, from my understanding, um, Deshaun and and Tyrod. So. I think those two, as well as the way Nick has handled it, because I think the worst thing you could do in this as a general manager and being the voice of the organization for this, because Cal McNair hasn't really said anything on it, is we're taking it day by day. Because you can't say anything in stone about this situation that is so much in flux. So I do think they're handling it as awkward as it is in a pretty decent manner so far considering all things considered, because they don't know that much. They don't have any answers either as an organization. By the way, you run into the quarterback whose last name is Taylor for the Houston Texans. Are you calling him Tyrod or are you calling him Tyrod? Listen, I had this discussion again pregame. Okay. And I said, he apparently has recently told people in the building, it's Tyrod. Oh, And I know that there is a clip (laughs) saved at NFL Network headquarters of him making sure we all call him to Rod. Right. I don't know where to go with this. Because if he's going to be the starting quarterback, I want to know how to say his name. You know what I mean? And his mom, I, I do know this too. His mom calls him Tyrod. Oh, see, I thought that was the origination of Tyrod was the was from the, the Brogan Roback is the guy who did this, this is whole what thing. I was told Remember Sunday. back in the Browns hard knock situation. So, so I just try to say his first name as fast as possible. Hey, five. Hey, so five. the biggest issue with yeah. Taylor is uh, the biggest <laughs> Oh, uh, James we'll Palmer with all the hard-hitting journalism. Thanks, bud. No problem, buddy. Still to come, the news you need to know from around the league. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. 
he's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's some news we're following. The Saints dealing with a cluster of COVID-19 cases, multiple Saints assistants all vaccinated, and wide receiver Michael Thomas who's on the physically unable to perform list, all testing positive for COVID. Following the positive tests, the Saints entered the enhanced COVID-19 mitigation protocol per league policy, which includes a mask mandate and daily testing for all players and staff, regardless of vaccination status. The week two matchup, though, against the Panthers is still on as scheduled. Saints also expected to be without a number of starters. Cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, center Eric McCoy, and defensive end Marcus Davenport, all dealing with injuries. And in Orchard Park, New York, in compliance with the Erie County Department of Health's directive, the Buffalo Bills and Highmark Stadium announcing Tuesday that all guests age 12 and older will be required to provide proof of COVID-19 vaccination to attend Bills home games. For the games on September 26th and October 3rd, fans will be permitted to enter with one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. Beginning with the October 31st game, though, guests must be fully vaccinated for entry. And the 49ers placing running back Raheem Mostert and cornerback Jason Verrett on IR with season-ending knee injuries. In a corresponding move, the team signed veteran corner Drake Kirkpatrick. Niners head to Philly to take on the Eagles in Week 2. And we're back with you on Friday with a look back to Monday night and ahead for the Ravens' Sunday night matchup against the Chiefs as they continue to deal with turnover in their running back group after season-ending injuries to their top two running backs, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. For producers Thomas Warren and Tim Porochka, I'm Rhett Lewis. Thanks so much for being with us. We'll see you next time. NFL Inside Report is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.